Welcome to the Adventures in Online Business podcast, a podcast of two guys thinking out loud while building and scaling their online businesses. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd ask that you go to your favorite podcast app or player and rate, review, and subscribe. Now, without further ado, here are those two guys building and scaling their online businesses, Stephen Faust and Michael Tanner. Michael Tanner, Atlanta, Georgia, how are you doing, sir? Man, Stephen, I'm doing great because I happen to know that here in Atlanta, it's like 15 degrees warmer than it is there in Phoenix. How are you doing there? You oh, must be chilly. I'm doing 63 degrees is how I'm doing, my friend. 75 and sunny here in Atlanta. Man, it's going to be 36 tonight. What, what are you guys looking at tonight? Uh, we're going to be down in, in the 40s, but oh, uh, we're supposed to be raining tomorrow and in the 50s. So, uh, you know, it's like we always say in Atlanta. If you don't like the weather, just wait about a half an hour and it'll be different. It will definitely change. You know, one of the things I wanted to share with you that I haven't shared with you is spring break's coming up with my kids on March 8th. So March 8th to 12th is spring break. And we rented a cabin up. Nice. Yes. We rented a cabin up in Payson, which uh, we looked all over the state for different places, but we settled on Payson. It's only about an hour and a half from Phoenix, uh, north, what is it? Northeast. But it's like straight up. It's it's just over the elevation. Yeah. It's just over five thousand feet. So um, different climate. Uh, it's in the pine forest. It's it's really uh, just a whole different uh, ecosystem there. Even though it's an hour and a half, so we're looking forward to that. We got the cabin lined up. We're making our plans. We're looking at all the activities in the area. So we're looking forward to that. Awesome, man. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I got a feeling you're going to be difficult to call it spring break with the weather difference between what you're accustomed to, right? Yeah, spring break. Uh, it'll be, I hope we have some snow up there. I, I'm not thinking there'll be too much, but it would be, it'd be nice to have some snow. But one thing, uh, you know, we've done the RV, as you know, from last right. year, yep. we did the RV yep. trip, and now we're going to do kind of the rent a cabin trip. And yeah. this is really rough in it. It's a, it's a 3,000 square foot cabin. Oh man, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's rough. It's, it's 3,000 square foot. Uh, I think it's a three bedroom. It's got, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a newer cabin. It's nice. It's nice. It's yes. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not rough in it. I'll just say that. Yeah. You're, you're like my friends that like to tell me they go camping in their RVs that have the satellite dishes mounted to them and all. Yeah. Right. Right. You're yeah. roughing it. It sounds rough, but I'm sure, I'm sure the family's going to love it. I mean, that sounds like a, a great way to spend spring break for sure. Yeah. Especially for, you know, my wife and Nadia getting, getting her out of town, out of Dodge, kind of break up a little yeah. bit of the monotony. You know, I get to go to work every day in my day job and she kind of, uh, does some things and marshals the kids around and does so for her to get out is going to be great. The kids, not so much. If, I don't know if they're going to really care one way or the other, if they're doing it or not. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Yeah. I'm sure they'll enjoy especially if you find some snow. I mean, yes, that'll, that'll be great. That'll yeah. Be good. Well, awesome. My friend. So what do we have on tap today? Hey man, I thought we would talk about a le some lessons learned that uh, I have recently learned in my business related to accounts receivable related to payment processing from your clients or your customers. Uh, should you be working, you know, business to business, I think you'll probably encounter these a lot, these payment process from your, your clients. And, and I'm fortunate in that I'm not 
hurting because of this, but that's really because of the nature of my business being an online business and really having very little overhead. I, I have extremely high margins in, in everything uh, that I'm selling. You know, all my workshops have extremely high margins. But if I were a different type of business, this could be a really, really big deal. And so I thought we'd talk about that process and just so that people recognize and understand what that payment processing means. And then some of the lessons I learned from that and some ways to avoid it. How's that sound? Well, I say this a little tongue in cheek, but I just don't understand what in the world the difference, the difference payment terms could possibly make in anyone's business. So I think, I think we're about to find out. And yeah. you're a living, walking, breathing example of a situation that kind of led to this episode. And it'll be interesting to walk through that. And I think helpful for folks out there who are starting out or that are signing up some different activities or different events with clients and how they might think of this in terms of how they want to structure getting paid or what options they may have as they go forward. I'm looking forward to a great conversation here. Yeah. So I'll just tell you up front that, the, you know, the biggest hit to me regarding this uh, lesson learned is ego. Uh, because if you, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before how uh, we, uh, in our mastermind group, we're doing monthly reviews of our, of our businesses inside the, the um, mastermind group. And we have that coming up next week. Uh, and we're going to be reviewing the month of February. And I have been confident all year long that I was really going to hit the ground running and I was going to knock it out of the park in January and February. Because remember, in my plan, I only had one workshop in one in quarter one, January, February, and March. And I was anticipating getting payment for two workshops in January and February. And I was going to be able to present to you guys in our February review. Look how far ahead of my plan I already am. Uh, but I'm going to take a big hit to the ego next week in our mastermind group because I'm not getting that second workshop paid until, get this, May 18th. May the 18th is when that second workshop is going to hit my bank account. Now, just so that you know, the workshop actually started this past Wednesday, and it's a seven-week workshop. And so the workshop will be completely over and done with this client when they finally pay me uh, in their payment processing. Uh, so that's the biggest hit to me is ego with you guys. But a different type of business, this could be really, really troubling for a different type of business. So how about we first, let's just explain what this process looks like when you're, when you're becoming a vendor for and you're getting paid by another business. How's that sound? May 18th, man. I, I, <laughs> is that even, is, is that even, that's not even in this quarter. It's not, right. no, man, I'm going to eat crow for in February and March and April <laughs> and finally in May, I'll be able to show you guys, look, I got paid. So again. this is your version <laughs> of my advertising, right? So yes, my advertising, even my advertising isn't as bad as May 18th. My advertising yes. with Monumetric is net 60, right? Yes. So I'm yeah. net 60 and get paid within the uh, first 10 business days of the following month after after that. So it's, um, yeah. it's, I, I would, I never thought that it would be worse than when I sat in the mastermind <laughs> last month and said, guys, I'm not getting any of this money until like 60 days from now. And, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just shut up because, uh, you got it worse. 
Well, you you know how much I like to compete, right? And That's so right. when you say, "Hey, look how bad it is," I like to come come back. Yeah. With low, no, no, let you me win. Show you you <laughs> win. All right, let's well, hear it. Yeah. So here's how this plays out, right? And and so um, it really depends on who you're working with and kind of what their payment policy is within their business. When you're working with an individual, this is typically not a big deal, right? If you're providing a service or even a product to an individual then they have to pay up front to get that product or to get that service. When you're doing business-to-business -business, uh, relationships and in, in, in business here, then that can get a little different, right? And, and you can, as the provider of the service or the provider of the product, uh, you can set yourself up to avoid this. But if you don't know any better, you're going to kind of wander into the situation that I have found myself in. And that is where you... Uh, or working with a business that has, and you'll hear these terms, net 30 or net 60 or net 90 day payments. Now, what that means is that's, so let's say it's a net 30. Their, their payment processing is net 30. That means after you've gone through all of the steps necessary to get a, an invoice submitted to them, the clock starts. And if they're net 30, then it's 30 days after that, and then they usually have a weekly cycle that, that automatically runs and then makes payments. So it's going to count 30 days. And then it may be as much as another seven days after that, that you finally get paid, right? Because maybe they run payments on Wednesdays. Well, if, if your net 30 ended on Thursday, well, guess what? You're not going to get paid till next Wednesday is, is typically the way that works, right? But, but what happens here is, you're working with a business and you're probably working with an individual inside that business. And, and in my case, I'm working with an individual that I used to work with. He's a good friend of mine. So I totally trust this process, but he submitted my invoice, my original invoice. I just emailed it to him and some businesses, and you know, this full well, some businesses will just pay that right, right from the email. They'll put a credit card number in there and just pay it. And it's up front. You're done. Others will just get that email invoice, they'll cut a check and they'll put it in the mail and send it to you, right? Well, this particular company, they have a, they have a lot of rigor and discipline around their accounts payable uh, process. And so what I had to do was I had to go through this process where I submit my corporate information to become a vendor inside of their payment system. They use Workday as their payment system, which I've been familiar with Workday. I've used it. It has a lot of HR functions and apparently it has finance functions as well. But I had to enter into their system as a vendor. And so that took, you know, a couple of two, three weeks. And then they take my original invoice and they generate inside of their system a PO or a purchase order, right? So this is the finance department's way of planning how much money they're going to be spending in the future. So they generate a purchase order that then gets sent to me. And then I have to submit to them an invoice that matches that purchase order. Now, remember, this is the, the, the invoice that we started this whole process off with when I emailed the original invoice to them to start with. But I submit an invoice to them and then the net clock starts but they happen to be a net 80 company. So 80 days after the day I submit the invoice and then the Wednesday following that, whatever that net 80 is. And so that's how we arrive on May the 18th.
But that's the process and working with them and getting into their finance system and what this net 80 or net 30, 60, 90 means. Yeah, it's net 80. What what was uh, around the world in 80 days? Was, wasn't that the name of something? You know, you, <laughs> yes. you yeah, and I, I could get around the world. You and I could get in a balloon and we would get <laughs> around the world before you'd get your payment. So that's, yes. yes. that's kind of what yes. I think about. But you know what it does is it just so Michael Tanner is 80 days away from payment, but this company has a hundred Michael Tanners that they're trying to work That's with right. and work through. Right. So, and bigger companies tend to layer in checks and balances and layer in making sure that it's protecting cash, right? It's all about, exactly. it's all about that cash and cash flow and, and what the accounts say and what their reporting metrics are. And, and I can, I can think of if, if your payment, you had used the the example of Wednesday, if it, let's say it's Thursday, oh, we got to wait to the next next check cycle on Wednesday. So it could be mm-hmm. even longer. And I'd even submit that if that next Wednesday is the last day of the month, they're probably yes. going to kick it to the following Wednesday because they don't want to end the month on a low that they don't have to end on. I've been at companies That's where, right. yep. where uh, they just arbitrarily take license and just, uh, we'll just kick that out. And, and they don't even tell people many of the times. So it's, that's right. Yep. That, that's the challenge with working with big companies. Now, the upside is, is pretty confident you're going to get paid, right? Right. It's yes. not about that. You, you start doing business with smaller entities and kind of individuals. And if you don't get that money up front, it's, it's, you know, more risky that you may not see it on the back end or you may not see it when you expect it or there could be other other issues. But but in yeah. terms of bigger companies, bigger relationships like that, and just the, the little bit of the bureaucracy and red tape of Workday and setting that up. Now, they did all that for you. You didn't have to go into any system and do anything, did you? Do you do all, do all that or did they do it for you? They they created for me an account, and then I had to go into that account okay. and submit all of my tax ID, you know, my corporate yeah, yeah, tax yeah. ID information, and then I became a vendor. And then when, once I became a vendor, then they could they could generate a purchase order against me as a vendor, and then from that purchase order, I could then go in and attach my invoice to that, and that's when the clock starts. I see. And and there's there's all kind of approval. I mean, you talked about the bureaucracy that's in these big. Um, companies and and it's for the purpose of protecting themselves, protecting their cash and all that. So there's a, there's a number of approvals that are, that are necessary for the vendor. You know, I had to get approved by some number of people inside the business there to be a vendor. And then once they generated the purchase order, then that had to go through a number of approvals before it could get generated and then me submit an invoice. And so that's why even that process of getting into their system and getting the invoice submitted, it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes days, weeks, maybe even because of all the layers that are in place there. And, you know, I, I want to be careful here. I'm not trying to make big corporate or, or this company, this business I'm doing business with. I don't, I don't want to make them out to be the bad guy because you're right. I mean, they're dealing with hundreds of me. And one of the mechanisms or one of the most important parts of their business is for them to be able to forecast, to see out in front of them, how much money are we going to be spending in the next 30, 60, 90 days? And by doing their payment processing this way, it gives them really real, I mean, it gives them a lot of clarity 
into how much money they're going to be spending over the next 90 days. And, and that triggers a lot of other business aspects, right? Well, then if we're going to be spending this much money in 90 days, we better sell this much more money and so forth. So, so it, it, it's, a, it's a very legitimate financial tracking uh, mechanism for big businesses. And you just have to, especially the small guys like us, we have to learn to work within that system as well. Yeah, they, they have a lot of obligations. They have to make payroll. They have all of their vendors to pay. Their vendors likely have them on odd payment terms as well. So there's this timing of money that flows in and out of the business all around what what they're taking in on revenue and then all of their all of their outlays. It it becomes, you know, it, it's simple when you break it down into one person, one transaction, but it's complicated because there are so many moving pieces, even though each piece is not difficult, there are mm -hmm. so many of them that cause these uh, downstream or upstream effects on cash and and being able to, to uh, meet their obligations. And I know some companies that are smaller, maybe not a big bureaucratic company, but some companies that are smaller use, you know, what they call a revolver. And they, mm -hmm. they use a revolver uh, as a way to buffer the timing of cash and buffer the timing of their obligations. So if they can figure out how to manage this timing and keep all of the, the moving pieces and parts predictable, that's going to allow them to understand how they're going to have to draw down their revolver in order to meet mm -hmm. the gap or otherwise, and because they have to pay interest on that. So these are all... Yeah. more magnified financial outcomes that we look at it and, and a, a business owner, an entrepreneur can look at it as, hey, you know, I'm charging you $5 to go do this event. Just give me $5, man. What's the big deal? But there are mm -hmm. bigger ramifications that I think it's important that listeners out there just consider that and recognize that there are more things going on than, than what meets the eye. Yeah, yeah. That you know, the biggest thing here, especially with this podcast episode, is I just want to make sure that our audience is aware that these kind of things can happen to you. To be prepared for them, to set yourself up for success going into any kind of, especially business to business engagement, so that you can avoid uh, at least the downside of this. Should it be, I, you said it earlier. I'm very confident I'm going to get paid, and I'm I'm fairly confident I'm going to get paid on May the 18th. I mean. There's two things going for me here. One, I'm working with, you know, an old teammate, a very good friend. So I trust that relationship tremendously. I know he's going to do everything he can should there be some issue inside of his business to make this happen. Uh, but I'm also dealing with a very reputable company, right? So I, I know the company well also. They're very, very reputable. So I don't have a lot of concerns that I'm not going to get paid. Now, that being said, I know there's some nightmares out there, especially with small businesses who ran into an issue like this of, of these payments after the fact, especially after you've provided a service or something like that. And then it's hard to get the money from that company. I, there's plenty of nightmares out there. I think fortunately, I'm not going to have that nightmare. But in addition to the nightmare of not getting paid, even if you are getting paid, again, it depends on the nature of your business, this could really be a bad thing. And, and I'll explain that this way. My business, because it's essentially all online, it has very, very little overhead, right? So literally to conduct this workshop 
for this team that I'm doing that if really other than my time, my only cost, well, technically, I guess I have two costs. The cost for my Zoom service that I'm using to, to do the workshop over and the cost of my internet. Those are really the only two cost of goods sold, if you will. We talked about that last week. Those are the only two cost of goods sold associated with this workshop that I'm providing, right? And I, within my business, can certainly fund Zoom and the internet between now and May, May 18th. I'm okay to do that. But if I think about it, if I were a t-shirt shop, right, and I were ordering t-shirts and then printing them and then selling them to a, vent, you know, to a customer, well, I've got to buy those shirts up front, or, or I may buy them on a credit card or something like that. I, I buy the shirt, then I put in the time, I print them, and then I sell them to that to, to my customer. If they tell me, well, I can't, I'm not going to pay you for 60 days from now, well, that credit card bill for all those shirts is going to come due before I get payment. And that might be a big you know, payment that I have to pay out. So that timing of your payments and your receivables is very, very important to keep track of in your business. Yes, there's the nightmare of what if I don't get paid at all, but there's also the nightmare of what if my bills come due before I get paid? Luckily, I'm not in either of those boats. Yeah, it's, it's great that we're not in that situation, but ultimately, we talked about this earlier, uh, you know, before we started recording here, is ultimately, if you're a t-shirt guy and you're buying t-shirts and you can't make that full payment, you may have to make a partial payment. You may have to pay interest. And, and ultimately what you're doing is you're becoming a bank. Yes. You're becoming a That's bank right. for your customer because you have to float money out there to, to meet the obligations that you only took on as a result of the, of the transaction that you signed up for with your customer. So that's something that you want to avoid as much as you can. And, and that's why a lot of small businesses or, or folks don't get a lot of traction up front because it, it takes a little bit of injection of money at times mm -hmm. to be able to get the ball rolling so you can have this consistent uh, income coming in that you can use like that. So I, I know you and your situation, you Zoom and uh, your, what was the other one? Zoom. The internet. Internet. Yep. So it, yep. it, you're going to have those regardless of this relationship. Exactly. So you've already planned this in other parts of your business. So it's no big deal in this situation. But if you're that t-shirt guy, it could certainly throw a big monkey wrench, especially if you were the t-shirt guy and this is your first deal, right? Yes. This is your exactly. first deal and it's a $10,000 t-shirt deal and you just spent $5,000 on t-shirts. That could be very painful for a, a, a small entrepreneur who's just trying to get some traction out there. And, and I would say, I would say that's something you've got to kind of balance and weigh, you know, what kind of deals are you going to go sign up for? What kind of agreements are you going to get into? And I know as we go through some lessons learned here uh, that you're going to share that uh, some of that'll come up to the, come up to the top here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, especially that first deal as t-shirt guy, that first deal, well, you're, putting all the money up front to buy those t-shirts initially. Um, and yeah, you, you may be putting that on a credit card or something like that. And, and your, your, your business is in a world where you have a, a rather small profit margin when that's the case. And 
when your payments aren't coming in, when your accounts receivable are not coming in in time for your payments, then like you say, you're doing something like paying part of that credit card bill. And now therefore you're, you're accruing interest on that credit card charge. And well, all that's doing is eating into your margin. That's eating into the, the small margin that you already had when you're having to deal with these finance charges and things like that. And, and yeah, in my world, we are the credible leadership group. We're not the credible federal credit union, right? So I, I can't be uh, running business that way. So, so let's talk about some lessons learned. So first lesson, you've just got to know upfront what you're dealing with, right? Again, I entered into this engagement, this agreement with a good friend of mine. He brought me in to teach leadership to his team. And honestly, in all of our conversation and all of our preparation, payment terms just never came up. I, I, I don't know if it didn't come to my mind just because I'm working with a friend here and I trust him immensely and and it just wasn't a concern of mine, or if I'd have been working with someone brand new, I don't even know then if I had, if I would have had the forethought to talk about, hey, what are your payment terms? Uh, because the reality is, if I had known that up front, if I'd have known this net 80 up front, then I could have still gotten paid before the workshop started. And the reason for that is, he and I first started talking back in November about this workshop. And then I submitted the invoice to him in mid-December. And so if we had, if I had known then, and he had known then, I don't even think he probably recognized, he's in a totally different department. He probably doesn't even recognize the, you know, the financial payment uh, situation here. But if I had known then, I could have pressed for, hey, let's go ahead and get this into your, your finance department. Let's get me submitted as a vendor. Let's get the PO and the invoice all set up. So that when the clock starts, right, I could be getting paid about now versus in, in May. So that's my first lesson learned is just know what those terms are up front. You know, ask the questions necessary. What are your payment terms? And if you're dealing with a person like me, I think if I had asked that in November or December, my friend would have said, you know what? I, I don't really know. Let me go ask, right? Uh, but ask those questions. Find out what those payment terms are up front. Uh, you may be okay with them. You may not. And if you're not okay with their payment terms, well, at least now you're in the know and in a position to either maybe change the date of the service that you're going to provide or the product you're going to provide, or maybe ask for an exception to their, um, to their process so that you can get paid sooner. But that's first lesson. It's an obvious one, but it's just one I think we often overlook is find out what their payment terms are. My takeaway from that is, you know, that due diligence up front, you want to eliminate surprises. So if it's net 80, it's net 80. Because I know from being in big companies, as have you, that you or I are not going to go in and change the payment terms of that company. They're, right. They're, you yep. know, hey, I'm Michael Tanner. I uh, I need to get paid. That 80 is not working out. I'm going to need like uh, 15. And they're going to say, well, then you can't do business with us because that's... <laughs> our terms, right? So exactly. Uh, yep. But knowing that up front and to your point of a little more due diligence up front, making, making um, the, the clarity around that could have created some, some earlier activity from you and your friend that could have got the ball rolling, but didn't really know that, but now you do. So it's a big lesson, I think, is to, the yep. more, the more you can figure that out up front, regardless of the terms, you're going to know what to expect, and you won't get your your mindset in a place where you're expecting something that doesn't happen. 
Yeah, totally. You just you don't want to be surprised, right? You don't want to get shocked by uh, by these these payment terms, you know, while you're in the middle of doing the the workshop. I mean, so so for instance, um, the way this could have played out again, if I if I weren't uh, in a really trusting relationship with my good friend and and a very reputable company, then when I got surprised by this this past week then I'm left with a decision. Well, do I postpone the workshop? Do I not start on the date that we've agreed to and, and so forth? And, and that starts to look bad on me. I mean, now I'm, I'm changing the dates on them. And, and you know how hard it is to, to schedule a seven-week workshop with 15 people. And it's just so difficult to align those times just right. And, and so I didn't want to run the risk of, of having to reschedule and all that. But again, I, I have the luxury of I'm, I'm working with a really good friend, but knowing those things up front prevents you then from looking bad later and having to change dates or, 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 or and so forth. So you, you just don't want to be in, in a situation like that. But the second thing is you want to know this up front too, because, and I'm going to say this and in, in, I know some of our audience may cringe when I say this, but, Based on their payment policies, and you're right, Stephen, especially if it's a big company, little old you and little old me, we're not going to change their payment processing. I can almost guarantee that. But it may turn out that if their payment processing puts us in a situation that we can't accept, then that means that is not a good customer for us. And we're probably better off to walk away from that than we are to put ourselves in a really, really risky situation. You know, the whole t-shirt thing, especially if it's a, it's the first time somebody wants to order from me, $10,000 worth of t-shirts. Wonderful. But if that's going to cost me $5,000 now, and I might, you know, and I'm, I'm worried I may or may not get that, or I may or may not get that in time. It may be better for me to say no to that business than to put myself at such high risk and by asking and knowing that up front, I can make a good decision and not get surprised by it later down the road. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I absolutely get that. And what I'm hearing also, and what makes sense to me is, is that you don't want as a small business owner, someone who's out there selling a workshop or t-shirts or anything, you don't want the excitement of the opportunity and the deal right. to exceed the pragmatic, logical, smart, financial decision that you need to make for your benefit, for your situation, for your financial status, for how you can potentially support an arrangement like that. So a lot of people, I'm, and I'm not excluded from this at all, a lot of people, boy, they get that first opportunity, that first deal, and you want to figure out a way to make it work. I don't care about right. any of that stuff. Let's just go do it. And now you're stuck with the dust settles and you're realizing you're scratching your head like 80 days. Well, I, right. I never thought of 80 days. And that's so something to, to not let your excitement uh, over overthink that excitement when it comes to mm -hmm. making smart, sound decisions. And then the other thing is if you do your due diligence up front and you know that it's going to be 80 days in this example to get paid. You're not going into the workshop with this mindset of, oh man, these jokers aren't paying me. Oh, I, yes. you know, that's a, you know, and that's going to come across, right? Cause you're, you're not going to be given your full 
self and creating the value that you are selling to them with this workshop. And if you go in there with, oh man, they're just screwing me over and that's Mm going to come across and you don't want that. So, so due diligence, the relationship that you have with the people that you're working with, making sure there are no surprises because that will come through. And if you, Hey, you go into this, it's 80 days. Yep. Got it. I understand. I'm still in. You go into that workshop going full force, knowing that everything's lined up, everything's good, and you don't have to worry about uh, all of this kind of, you know, Zig Ziglar would say the pity party, right? You don't want to have a little yeah, pity yeah. party because you're not, uh, you're, you're getting surprised by this stuff. Yeah, it doesn't shock me you got Zig in there somehow. It doesn't shock me at all. That's right. But you're right. I mean, you're that is a very, very good point, Stephen, and, and a point that I know a lot of people would would overlook or not recognize. And, and my situation was ripe for that, right? Because I found about found out about this net 80 the week the workshop started, right? The workshop started on Wednesday um, and I started finding out about this in the middle of that week, right? So I was ripe for that situation of, you know, hey, these guys, they're not, uh, they're not paying me until May. Just how much effort am I going to put into it here in February and giving them value? And the luxury again is that I'm dealing with a really good friend. I'm dealing with a really reputable company and my, my business here, it has almost zero overhead. And so I'm not hurting. Right. But if I were hurting, then I know a situation like this, especially because of the timing of it, could definitely impact the, the attitude and the spirit in which I try to deliver value to this customer. It certainly could impact that. Um, Well, let me tell you about, Lesson number two, lesson learned number two that that I think I'm going to start enacting going forward as, as a part of this lesson. And that is this idea of in my invoices, I'm going to bake into that a partial payment agreement into the invoices. And so here's what I mean. If I'm going to invoice someone, say $2,000 for a, a workshop, then I'm going to state in the terms of that invoice that they must pay 1,000 of that, half of that, 50% of the invoice must be paid before I'm willing to set dates for the workshop, right? And then we'll set dates for the workshop, we'll execute the workshop, and then the second half is due before the completion of the workshop. My workshops are seven-week workshops. And so those are kind of the, the invoice terms that I'm going to put into my invoicing such that I know before I commit my time, my schedule, and commit my time to these workshops, they have skin in the game, if you will, right? They've they've submitted a thousand dollars, and now, you know, if if the workshop takes that that remaining net eighty for the the second half, I don't know that I care. I just they've already paid half of it, which it's going to have to go through the same net net eighty, by the way, net eighty days. I'll get paid half, then we'll get it on the calendar, and then we'll uh, I'll get the second half when uh, when I execute, right? The same could apply for the t-shirt guy, right? Submit an invoice for $10,000 and say, you must pay 5,000 of it before I order t-shirts, right? So they pay the first half. They go through the net 80 or 90 or whatever it is. They go through that process. They pay you the $5,000 then you order t-shirts, then you print them, and then you ship them to them, and then they'll pay the the second half. So you could do it with a t-shirt program as well. But I think I'm going to put those kind of agreements 
uh, terms into my uh, invoicing from, you know, going forward. Yeah. And if they are not willing to do that, then to your earlier point, they just may not be the right customer for you. Right. Right. Yep. And, and, but we're not opposed to getting paid in full upfront either, which I always think oh, that's of course true. is ideal. Ideally, especially when you're in a service business where you're delivering you in a workshop, for example, because they can't unsee that once you give them that value. They can't, right. they can't un, unfeel the impact that that's had on them. So uh, I would always encourage people and, and, that type of business with workshops, you always prefer to get and try to get 100% of the money up front. Now, in those yes. cases that you're dealing or working with more bureaucratic companies, then certainly a partial could make more sense in that case. At least that's that good faith, that good faith amount that says, hey, uh, we are serious about our commitment to you. And that is one way to express that in a partial, let's call it a deposit, right? Right. And that's yep. non-refundable in my view too, right? So of course, if you, yes. if you decide that you don't want to have that workshop because, you know, it takes 80 days and this and that, and you know, then uh, peace, I guess you'll save that other thousand, and but I got the other mm -hmm. one. So that's kind of the cost of doing business. And there's, there's yeah. so many different scenarios and possibilities there. You've got to figure out what works well for you and your your place in business right now, your financial stability and what you're willing to do with, because the more, more or less you do will bring more or fewer customers into your opportunity zone there. So it's just something to yep. think about. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, Stephen. And, and I certainly don't need mean to uh, suggest that by making in my, you know, the agreement of at least a half, you know, half the payment up front and all, that I wouldn't accept full payment. Yes, I, I'm like you. I, I would always go after full payment up front. If they're not willing to do that, the minimum to get me to put you on my calendar is you've paid half of it, right? I've received half of it. And then we can start talking about dates uh, and, and aligning dates and so forth. So you're totally right. Get it all up front uh, anytime you can, because that's the best for your business is when you, when you operate that way. And I know you've got a, you've got a good friend uh, named Paul Klein that has a great business and a great podcast that teaches a lot of these things too. So why don't you tell our, our audience here a little bit about Paul as well? Well, I don't know if I'd call him a good friend. I think he's a good friend from my perspective. I'm not sure he uh, knows all that much about oh, me. I'm sure he knows yeah. you well. My experience with Paul Klein as I went to dinner with him one time, and I'm sure he may or may not be listening to this, but Paul, if you should ever stumble across this, we went to dinner at Outback Steakhouse in Franklin, Tennessee, and I uh, know it was a good time. So uh, Paul Klein does a podcast called Pricing is Positioning, and, and what Paul really focuses on, his niche is really understanding how to price how to price your services and products, how to anchor that pricing against other things, how to make sure that that um, you are are offering different tiers of pricing and how to really draw attention and draw people into the offer, into the tier that you most want them to take. So a lot of good stuff from Paul. I know he does a, an online course now around pricing that he launched, I think, uh, not too long ago, actually, but he's doing mm -hmm. that. But, and he just restarted his, restarted his podcast. I know he took some time off from that after doing um, uh, a full year every week of that. So 
good guy, great content, and there's a lot of good stuff to be learned from Paul Klein. Yeah, I, I listen to his podcast as well, and I know he's got a lot of great strategy and, and you know and tips around even around getting over the mindset of pricing and charging what you should be charging, right? And and he he teaches a lot of the philosophy of um, you know people pay more attention when they pay more money, right? So if if there's a course, uh, you know that they're going to pay more attention to your course when they've paid more money for that course. And therefore they're going to get more value out of that course when they've paid more attention to that course. So he teaches a lot of those great uh, strategy and philosophy a, a around pricing the three tier model. And, uh, and he despises this idea of um, uh, uh, rate per hour, right? Charging per hour and also really, really good stuff. And, and I know that he's talked about this, this net 60 or 30, 60, 90 day, uh, policy that that corporations has, and I've even heard him talking about how to how to negotiate with those. Right, I, I don't know. Like you, we were saying earlier, I don't know that I still, even with his advice, have a lot of confidence that I'm going to change their policies all that much. But at least he talks about how to how to you know be upfront about that and and get all of that negotiation out of the way before you even get into the engagement. So I, I I'm with you. I I love his content and and definitely highly recommend him. Yeah, so go go check that out if you're out there, you're you're interested in learning more about pricing. And again, for for terms and payment terms, you've got to do what's right for you. You've got to fit that situation into your situation, and sometimes the best thing to do is to do nothing. That is right. often the best decision because going all in on something that doesn't lend itself well financially in, in the structure of your business, it's going to end up being a net negative. And I just uh, highly encourage you to think about all of those different possibilities when, when you establish a deal or some sort of workshop or some sort of agreement that you're thinking about when you're getting paid, how much are you getting paid by when, are you going to deliver the content and the value in advance of that? Are you going to do like Michael suggests and maybe wait until you get some of that payment? Think about how that creates a mindset uh, of value and how you can deliver on that content. If you're not getting paid, is it, is it a surprise or is it intentional? Just think about all that because those are going to, that's going to make a difference in not only how you deliver the content, but the credibility that you have and the feedback and the testimonials that you get, because it's all going to come through so it's certainly something to consider as you go into more and more deals as you grow your business. You want to take us home, my friend? Yeah, definitely. I'll do that. Um, yeah, again, I couldn't agree more, Stephen. I mean, the idea is that my time is valuable. And before I put you on my calendar, you've got to put some skin in the game as well, right? You've got to, uh, you, you've got to bring it to the table also. So just make sure that you're running your business that way as well. And, and using, again, use Paul Klein and his podcast to, to get some pricing strategies and, and some more information. Uh, he can tell you a lot more about these payment po uh, policies than Stephen and I can. Uh, but learn from my, my mistakes, right? Learn from my lessons. That's the reason, Stephen, one of the reasons Stephen and I do this podcast is so that you can learn from our mistakes. And so especially if you're in one of these businesses that has a small profit margin where you have a lot of overhead cost to deliver your service or your product, be sure that you're aware of these 
these payment policies, especially with these larger companies. And just as you go in, just ask the appropriate questions so that you know what those payment policies are and work it into your contracts, into your invoices, into your terms and agreements. Work it in uh, the details that you need there to protect yourself and protect your business such that you can get the funds that you need up front. If that's 100%, so be it. If that's 50%, fine, so be it. But just make sure that you work that into your agreements and in your contracts and, and so forth. So, and then also for our podcast, as always, head over to adventuresinonlinebusiness.com. This is episode number 73. You'll find the show notes there for this podcast. We also ask you share the podcast with your friends and those others that are building their own business. Maybe they can learn from our mistakes as well. And until we speak to you again, get out there and build your business. Get after it.